Hello, hello, mamas. Thank you for joining in for another episode of Motherhood Ignited. And you probably noticed that today the podcast was posted on a Wednesday, which is a little different than usual. I usually post the podcast episodes on Tuesdays. And if I'm going to do a mini, I post those on Thursdays. But life has changed a little bit lately with the birth of Ronan and the girls starting school. And I actually have childcare for a couple hours after school on Tuesday and Thursday. It's something that I felt was really important for me to invest in, to take this podcast seriously, to take my business seriously, so I could really bring you guys as much information and value as possible. So with that being said, it's much easier for me to record my interviews and the podcast and edit things on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So the episodes will now be live on Wednesdays and Fridays. So you just have to wait one more extra day. And if you like the podcast, please, please, please subscribe. Definitely leave a review. I love reading them. I read every single one of them. I read them out loud to my girls so that they can just know what mommy does and that they can feel proud and excited and a little bit a part of it too. Don't forget to go on Facebook and join the MIP Insiders Facebook group because we take the conversations a little bit further there. We dive a little bit deeper. And lately we've been doing a lot of networking, a lot of sharing each other on Instagram and just building each other up and getting to know each other. And I want to know as many of you as possible. So please head on over there and join. It means the world to me. I hope you enjoy the show. You're listening to Motherhood Ignited, a podcast for mompreneurs, creatives, and influencers who are rocking the beautiful balance between working passionately and nurturing presently. I'm your host, Christy Keen, and every week I interview inspiring mom bosses, brands, and industry experts to bring you the knowledge, tools, and strategies to grow your influence and business through purposeful online content creation. So come in and cozy up, mamas, and get ready to ignite your goals. So today is going to be a good one, folks, because I'm chatting with Erin Hooley, who is a mother of six and the founder of the multi-million dollar children's e-commerce shop, Bailey's Blossoms. And if you follow my Instagram, you know that I have been a longtime devoted shopper of this shop because I (laughs) cannot get enough of their toddler bell bottoms and jumpsuits. They're seriously so cute, and I love them so much. And I've had the pleasure of learning more about Erin over the last few weeks, And I am just so incredibly inspired by her story and of her success. And today, Erin is going to share more about that and about successfully running a seven-figure business with six kids and give some social media tips and tricks for business owners along the way. So Erin, thank you so much for being here. You're so welcome. Thank you for inviting me on. And I'm so tempted to dive right into Bailey's Blossoms. But first, I want to know more about who you are as a woman and the mom behind the brand and the business. Oh, goodness. Sure. Well, what all do you want to know? Where are you from? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I actually grew up in California and I moved around a lot through my childhood years. And then uh, I ended up getting married at the ripe old age of 19. So uh, about two weeks after my 19th birthday, my husband and I were, were married. And by the age of 20, we had our first baby. And by the age of 28, we had six babies. So uh, it's always been a, a fast track to motherhood around here for me. And uh, Bailey's Blossoms was just uh, a big part of that story. But but yeah, we've we've moved around quite a bit. I've always been an entrepreneur, but there was a part of me that felt that entrepreneurism and motherhood were not friends. 
and that you had to choose one or you had to choose the other, but you couldn't possibly successfully do both. And uh, a lot of my story envelops in through my discovery of how wrong I really was in that thought process. I just cannot even imagine, number one, I've had that same thought when I only had one child and you are doing this all with six children. How far <laughs> apart are your kids? So Bailey is actually 13 and my baby, his name's Marshall. He hates that I call him my baby, but he's five. (laughs) So I've got a 13 and soon to be 12, a 10 and a half, a nine, a six and a five year old. So they're little stair steppers. Um, Definitely fast and furious as far as all that came about. So, (laughs) oh my gosh. Well, you don't know how badly I need to hear that because I am about two to three weeks away from having my third and my girls are and my little guy are like two years apart in age and I'm over here complaining and then I hear your story and your kids so close in age and then what all you've been able to accomplish and how successful you are and I'm like oh my gosh I needed just so badly in my soul to talk to this woman and hear that someone survived it yes (laughs) yes it's Only barely, but yes, I did. I'm like, oh, girl, only barely some days. I know. It's like... (laughs) Sanity is in question. (laughs) I mean, I don't think we any of us come out like unscathed or insane from this process by any means. (laughs) Motherhood is is hard. It is. It is. I, I call it the most tragic and beautiful heartbreak you'll ever experience because... There's so many incredible moments and there's so many devastating moments and it's all kind of mumbled together in this great discovery of yourself and who you are and what you're capable of. And, and it's just incredible. So I love it, but very definitely every, every challenge, every struggle, every fall on your face, failure, cry into your pillow. I've, I've experienced it all. So I'm, I haven't, I haven't skirted by any of those tough lessons. And I know there's plenty more that are going to be coming my way. Oh, well, I, I love that. And I know so many moms that are tuning in today are just so happy to hear they're not alone and, and just everything, the sky's the limit, even when you feel like everything's about to break or Absolutely. that you're not not doing a good job. And I know I just um, recently changed the name of the podcast from the Mommy Influencer Podcast to Motherhood Ignited. And, and I think part of it was because I had such a big message on my heart and just talking to the listeners and all the amazing community that comes over to my Instagram, like the big issue or pain point for moms as entrepreneurs or creatives and influencers is working passionately and nurturing presently. And it's just such a hard balance. And you, I just, I'm so excited to hear your story because you just seem to do it so beautifully. And I know it has, has not had to be easy for you, but I'm so excited for you to just pour your insight and, and, story into the listeners today. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you know, I love that what you're doing too, because I think so many times, especially as creatives and mompreneurs, we look back on our own journey and we say, okay, if I had had this, if I had only had this advice, how much easier my journey would be. And then as you kind of glean that advice, 
you take on the sense of responsibility for sharing it with the world so that you can help everybody else have just a little bit of an easier time acclimating to their journey through the mistakes and the lessons that you learned on your own. So it seems like we have that in common where it's just, you want to take that knowledge and pour it into everybody, everybody else. Yes, yes, yes. So why don't you share just how did the idea and dream of Bailey's Blossoms begin and what was the origin of it? Just walk us through your journey of starting a seven-figure business. Absolutely. So Bailey, obviously my first child, um, I've got a couple resentful younger ones who are wondering when their turn's <laughs> going to come up. Apparently I have to start six businesses. There but, you uh, go. You could do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. If anyone could, you could. Oh my gosh. Um, so Bailey's Blossoms started when uh, my husband was um, he had just finished up grad school. We had a mountain of debt in about a year. We went from having minimal, you know, uh, college debt to just insane amounts of debt from this one year of an accelerated program. And he got a job with Mercedes Benz financial services in Michigan. Well, our family was in Arizona at the time. This is 2008, the middle of the recession. We're supposed to be trying to sell our home. He leaves cause I'm teaching preschool out of our garage, which we had converted into a, into a school classroom. Cause I always wanted to do something to help, for, you know, pay for the bills, put food on the table, all these things. Um, and that was something that I could do and also have my kids with me at the same time. So I was doing that and he leaves and it's six months where we're going to be apart. And now I've got, um, I believe Bailey was probably about two and a half at the time. Um, Hunter was just over a year and Landon was a newborn. So it was, you know, very similar to your experience here in the next coming weeks uh, where I was just alone and doing it on my own. And come evening time, I just get super restless. I've got a vivid imagination. Um, I don't like when the lights go out and things go silent. I just, you know, all the scary movies I've ever seen kind of creep into my, you know, in the, into the corners of my home. And mm -hmm. so um, to keep myself occupied, I uh, started creating these hair accessories. I had seen the little girl come to school and she was wearing this little hair flower. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's so cute. And I asked her mom where she got it. And she's like, oh, it was only like $9 at such and such place. I'm like, $9? Who can pay nine bucks for it? I'm like, oh my word, that's crazy. And I just, so then I started looking her daughter was always, you know, pristinely made up. She was dressed to the hilt all the time. And my kids looked like they were homeless and ragged and Bailey's got her crazy cowlick infested hair. And, and I thought, <laughs> okay, this poor child, she just, she looks terrible all the time. People probably wonder if her mother cares for her at all. Stop. And so, I, oh my gosh, I could show you pictures. She'd be like, what in the world? Um, so she kind of looked like Albert Einstein's daughter. So anyways, I go to Hobby Lobby with all of the 40% off coupons that I could gather from my friends and save up and print up from offline. And, and I went shopping for these hair flowers, these big flower heads. And I started buying a bunch. And for me, I am all about, you know, my parents are the ones that told me, you know, don't just look at the price when you're going shopping, look at the per ounce price so that, you know, the, you know, the value of what you're getting per and make sure you get the best deal. So now I'm looking at the bulk price versus the single price. And I'm thinking, well, if I buy it in bulk, then this is the per piece price is, is cheaper. So therefore that's a great idea. So I end up walking out of Hobby Lobby with bags and bags full of these hair flowers and ribbon and, and, um, alligator clips and hot glue guns and all this stuff. And I call my husband and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Look what I got. And he's going, uh, that doesn't look like 
you're making hair accessories for Bailey. That looks like something completely different. And I said, well, yeah, okay. So I'm going to make a few extra, you know, with the, it was cheaper that way. So I'll make a few extra and I'll just sell them to family and friends. It's fine. And so I started, that's where Bailey's blossoms came from. It started from Bailey and it blossoms because it was hair flowers, um, initially. And so I started making all these, literally ripping these flower heads apart just to glue them right back together again and turn them into a hair accessory. And then I started selling them and I threw up, I think I had a, a, a website up baileysblossoms.com was launched maybe within the first five days of even going to Hobby Lobby. So it came really quickly. Um, and I started selling all these pieces and then I started, then I threw some things up on Etsy as well. And I'm looking and I'm going, okay, I knew, I knew what I made per hour teaching preschool. I really enjoyed being creative. I knew that I didn't want to do preschool forever because with three little kids and having to take breaks, nursing and everything else, it was just, it was too much. And so I was trying to think of, okay, well, how can I turn this into a business? How can I make uh, enough money per hour of the time I invest that this actually makes sense? So I started breaking it down. I'm like, dang, I'd have to sell a ton of hair accessories to make this worth it. So after doing some brief cost analysis, I'm like, this is ridiculous. I have to add something more substantial of value to make it worth my time. Otherwise I'm practically paying people to buy these from me at what I'm selling them for. So I started making tutus and tutu costumes and all sorts of, um, character sets and first birthday sets and all of these things. And that took off really well as well. So, you know, now fast forward, we moved to Michigan, we meet back up as a family. Now there's tool and, flower heads and ribbon and all things, all these things that have taken over my house. And it's growing rapidly to the point where I'm thinking, oh, wow, I might be able to shut down um, my preschool. So after one year of teaching preschool in Michigan, I did, I shut it down and I was doing Bailey's Blossoms full time. And it got really, really crazy very fast. And uh, I wasn't, I was unable to keep up because I was making everything myself. And at that time, my husband was putting in for a job that would take us to Sao Paulo, Brazil, and he got the job. So I remember I called my mother at one point. I was crying. I'm totally out of um, my, my balance. There is no balance. And she, I ended up flying her out at one point to help me with my home, which was madness. My kids, which were crazy. Now I've got four kids. And, uh, and I'm just so far gone at this point, I'm trying to pay off all of our debt and I'm taking on way more than I can handle. And that was a big lesson for me to, to learn boundaries and to, to set myself on a, a plan for success, not just financially, but personally and emotionally and, um, even physically, I just, I was so burnt out on all levels. So my husband gets this job. I know that I'm not allowed to work in Brazil because I don't have a work visa authorization. And so I'm like, hallelujah, shut the sucker down. And I shut it down. And on the, at the time we had about 25,000 followers on Facebook. And I said, Hey guys, um, Bailey's Blossoms is taking a break for the next two to three years. We're moving abroad, but stick around because when I get back, it's going to be bigger and better than ever. And of course, at that time, I had no idea how it was going to be bigger and better, but I knew that I had about two years to figure it out. <laughs> so wow. I give that announcement. We moved to Brazil. I shut everything down. And for those two years, I just planned and researched and thought and rubbed shoulders with some great entrepreneurs and considered what it would be like to take it to the next level. How could I take it to the next level? So 
fast forward two years. We were in Brazil for two years. We came home with our fifth child. <laughs> he was born there. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Seriously. It was actually a great experience, but we, we come home with these five kids and I look at my husband. We had, um, had the opportunity because of the, the work situation and them providing for our housing and everything else. We were able to pay off um, my husband's school debt while we were there. And we had this little safety nest egg, so to speak, of money that we had saved up for when we came back. When we came back, we put a down payment on our first home and we had some money left over. And I said, um, I want to launch Bailey's Blossoms again. And this time I know how I can scale it and survive. And he said, okay, uh, how much do you need? And I said, all of it, all of it, every last penny. And he looked at me like I was crazy, but, uh, he's always allowed me and trusted me to be able to kind of chase my dreams. So he said, okay. And I said, give me one year to put the money back. All the money I borrow, I'm going to put back where it belongs. And I depleted our savings account. It was about $35,000, which I know sounds like a, a, a large sum of money, but the reason I needed that much was because I was outsourcing. I wanted to outsource the production. I, I didn't want to be the person making it. I wanted to pay someone else, and I wanted to, um, to teach other people how to make it, so almost like uh, a DIY shop, right? So at that point, we get all of, we get pallets and pallets full of products from overseas and it's filling up our garage and I launched the business and within three months I was able to put all the money back. And at wow. that point I'm thinking, huh, there's, there's really something here. <laughs> there's really something here. And at that point it was all DIY. Let me show you how to make a tutu. You can make it yourself. I'll give you the tool. I'll give you the ribbon. I'll give you the elastic. I'll give you everything you need. You pay about a third of the price that you would to have it or a quarter of the price to have it made by me. Anyways, you're saving money. And, um, and here it is. Well, and that served a lot of people, but people that didn't have time or even desire to make their own, their own child's tutu or, or, or outfit for their first birthday or whatever, um, would come back and say, please, I don't care what you, I don't care what you're going to charge me, but please, please, please make this. And I thought I can't, I can't open that can of worms. I know what it looks like. I know what burnout feels like I'm not going there. And so then I, that's when I thought, okay, is there some other way I can create a birthday outfit? That's not a tutu where they could, where they could just get the outfit itself and they wouldn't need to make anything. So it would, it would, uh, play into these people who don't want to be a DIYer. And that's when we drafted up our first romper and that was back in, Oh goodness. I want to say that was in 2014 or 2015 in 2014 ish. Don't quote me on that. I'd have to go back and look. <laughs> But anyways, we, re we launched our first romper and the rest I would like to say is history because that's when we really started morphing into a clothing line, which is what you see now where we're not even, there's no DIY on our site anymore. We're just full children's clothing. So all of that to say we have adapted and changed and shifted and pivoted so many times over the years based off of what the feedback we were receiving was and, and also understanding, okay, right now. I'm making these first birthday sets. I'm selling these first birthday sets and people only have one first birthday. How do I get people to come back? Well, it needed to be bigger than just a first birthday shop. So that's, that's really how I started to grow it. So yeah, it's been, a, it's been a long road, but at that time we were, we were predominantly on Etsy. About 85% of our sales were coming from our Etsy shop. And, um, in the end of 
2015, my husband and I were thinking, okay, we had done $600,000 in sales, I believe in 2015. And I thought, goodness, can we, can we just be entrepreneurs? Can, can you leave your corporate job? Because he would, he would be coming home at night and he'd be helping me package up packages and ship them out of our home and out of our garage until two o'clock in the morning, most days. And I thought, okay, at what point do we just make the plunge? At what point do we just embrace the entrepreneur life and say goodbye to corporate safety career over here? And so we prayed about it and we said, okay, you know, yes, this feels right in 2016. Let's budget as if the only income we have is mine and forget my husband's job, take it off the books. Let's just see if we can survive off of my income alone and see what happens. Well, and literally that was in December of 2015. And in January of 2016, we had a falling out with Etsy and we were removed from the platform. Wow. I didn't even know that could happen. Oh yes. I guess. <laughs> yes. They, it was, it was absolutely shocking. 85% of our sales came from our Etsy store. And I went out to go and tell my team at the time we had about five people working out of our, our garage. And, um, one of them was about eight, eight, eight and a half months pregnant. And I walked out and I said, Hey guys, here's the deal. And she looked at me and she said, Aaron, are you telling me after I have this baby, I don't have a job. And oh I, and gosh. I had walked out there to say, yeah, I think, I mean, we're in trouble here, right? I mean, this is do or die. Clearly we're not, my husband and I aren't supposed to be entrepreneurs. This is it. Throw in the towel, throw up your hands. We're done. And, but when she said that I just couldn't. And suddenly I just felt impressed. And I said, you know what? No, I'm telling you that if you'll be flexible with me, your job description just might change. And she said, okay, well, what does that mean? What do you want us to do? And I said, you know, I want you to start messaging every person who's ever purchased, purchased with us off of Etsy and just say, hey guys, thank you so much for your support. We just wanted to let you know that Bailey's Blossoms can now exclusively be found at baileysblossoms.com. That's it. Just start sending messages, copy and paste all day long. And they looked at me like I had three heads, but they got to work. And I walked in the house, cried a little, dusted myself off and said, okay, let's see what's, you know, we'll know, we'll know in a couple hours, in a couple hours and in a couple days, what's going to happen. And I got to work doing all the things on the website that I need, knew I needed to do, but I'd always put on the back burner because Etsy was just easy. I made, I mobile optimized, I did all the things. And within 48 hours, our sales had almost quadrupled. Wow. And I was shocked and I'm thinking, what is going on? And the whole, my whole team is looking at me like what's happening. And I honestly, I had no idea. I'm thinking, I really truly do not know what's happening. And so then I started, and at that point it was just me. I was managing all the social media. So I'm going on our social media accounts. So I'm trying to make some sense of what's going on. And we've got all these people responding to our messages from Etsy saying, oh my gosh, congratulations, what a big step for you, the site looks amazing, all these things, and I'm thinking, huh, this is so interesting. And then I go over to social media, and I'm watching people, and I'm watching how many people are tagging us in their photos where it's saying, you know, where did you get that cute romper? Oh my gosh, don't you love it? Hashtag Bailey's Blossoms, where before it was, oh, thanks so much, hashtag Etsy. Mm. And suddenly my mind just started spinning, and I thought, oh my word. I didn't realize that for all of these years, I've been spinning my wheels, driving traffic to someone else's home base. It was never our house. We were renting and you mm. can't, and you, and you can't own a home that's someone that belongs to someone else. Right. And at the end of the day, they can tell you that they're evicting you at any point. 
And so suddenly we claimed our brand, we claimed our name, we established our own true home base and the rest just, it just snowballed from there. Social media taught me so many lessons about brand recognition and about connecting with your customers and just making them a part of your story that I never had considered before. That is crazy to me because I had no idea this whole struggle that Bailey's Blossom was before. I didn't even know you were on Etsy before because I just found you through social media because somebody, I love bell bottoms. I just always have. And somebody tagged me in a picture of Bailey's Blossoms, little toddler bell bottoms. And I was like, (laughs) oh my God, these are the absolute things I've ever seen. Yeah. Take all my money, which you have taken so much (laughs) money over the last four years, but well, thank you. (laughs) I had like, those are my favorite outfits. I actually couldn't part with them. I recently did a I try to get rid of a lot of the girls' clothes to make way yes. for our last baby, and those were just like some of your. Oh, and that's so lovely here. Like I can't, I can't get rid of these. Like I need to see their babies in these cute little outfits, totally. you know, totally. one day. And that so. was so my vision and so much of this because I've been in the same situation. I've got buckets and buckets of my kids' clothes in all sizes, you know, girls, boys, zero to three months up to the last size they've been in in my attic. And every time we try to get rid of it, I'm like, oh, but I can see their chubby little legs in this. Oh, I can, I remember when I took them to the park in this dress or, I mean, and it becomes like a, an heirloom almost of a, or just almost like a memory bank where I'm thinking, man, you forget so much. You, you look at these babies and you think I will never, ever forget this moment. And then you do. And it's heartbreaking. It is so heartbreaking. I want to cry just hearing that because it's so true. Oh, it's terrible. And I remember with Marshall knowing that he was my last. And even knowing that I was drying up and it was like even my last time nursing. And I remember just staring at him going, I will not forget this moment. I will not forget this moment. And just tears streaming down my face. And then... You, you do, you just ultimately, you forget the, the little things unless you capture it on video or pictures, or you have something that is so vivid in your mind that it pulls you right back. And so that for me, I try to create clothes and experiences and memories that are so vivid that people won't forget them because that's what I want my own memories to be. Oh, and you obviously do such a beautiful job because I, I mean, I feel like my girls and me are walking examples of that. <laughs> you talked about you had your you were in your garage first. You had your garage as a preschool, which is adorable to me. And I'm trying to think of having four kids and running a preschool in my oh home. My and I am just like bowing down to you right now. How <laughs> like that might actually sound like more crazy hard oh. work than like maybe this Bailey's Blossoms things. I'm, I'm not telling yet. You want to know why I had to stop? I stopped because, and I'm all about, I love a great, again, back to memories and things that you record and you take pictures of and you never forget it. So every year this for this preschool, we would do like, I mean, the kids would walk in cap and gown. They had like, <laughs> we had... Oh, we did, we did musical performances, a Mother's Day musical program each year. We did Halloween performances where they would sing, they would dance. There was things that, that I wanted to make sure the parents never forgot. And, but here was the kicker, the nativity scene that, that we did every year. And I would have to, you know, cast them and give them parts and they would have to get their costumes and all these things. And I realized every year I thought, wow, Bailey can never be Mary. 
Bailey can never be married because people will always see it as favoritism. Not to mention that she's been in my class for three years now, but because she's my child, she can't be married. I always have to make, she's the line leader last. She's the star of the week last. All of the mm. perks of being a member of the class were hers last because she was my daughter. And I thought, this is not why I'm doing this. This is terrible. Oh, yeah. And, but, but because of the, that was a complication. I didn't want people to think that there was special treatment. So there ended up being the opposite where she got the worst treatment. And I thought, no, I don't want this anymore. This is not the memory I want her to have where she said, mom, why can't I be married? Oh, because I don't want everyone to think that I gave it to you because you're my daughter. You know, so it was, I didn't like yeah. that. So I thought, oh. let's do something else. Let's do something that, that I don't feel like I need to give you the kind of the bum end of the deal just because you're affiliated with me in some way. So anyways, that was, that was one of the hardest parts for me, uh, even harder than having, you know, 14 kids in my home at any given time. It was, that was the hardest part for me emotionally was knowing that, that I couldn't give her or afford to give her the same privileges because I was afraid, too afraid of what other people would, would assume my motives were. Oh, you know, that's something I wouldn't even have thought about. Right. And so obviously it's working out in your favor just fine. Yes. yes <laughs> and it so is. then it sounds like you then had your team working out of your garage when you were yes. doing Etsy. Mm-hmm. So now so now fast forward to being, you know, a seven figure business owner and what's that look like now? Right. So after the year that we got off of Etsy, so in 2016, we grew 233%. And then the next year we grew 100%. And then the next year it was another 50%. And I think we're on target right now for another 50 or so percent for this wow. year. So we're growing very quickly. We moved out of the garage. Thank goodness. That was a huge <laughs> step for us. I'm like, hallelujah, claim the house back. And we moved into a 6,000 square foot warehouse about 20 minutes down the road. So we've been there for uh, just a little over two years, two and a half years. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Well, and we're actually renting that space. And right now we're, we're finishing building. We're actually moving into a new warehouse. That's 25,000 square feet, 10 minutes down the road, um, down the road. So we're, we're very excited about that move, even though it's purely chaotic and absolutely insane. But, uh, but it's been a, it's been a really fast track to learning, to self-growth, to, hard life lessons and, and everything in between. So there's been a lot that's gone into this whole journey. I know. I feel like I need to have you on again for a part two, because you have so many beautiful <laughs> messages to share that so many moms can, to, can learn from. And, you know, one thing I was looking at on Bailey's Blossoms, like you scale beautifully. And obviously that is showing in your numbers. And I saw that you're even launching like a tween and a preteen clothing shop too I saw well I guess it's launched you're not launching it is is there yeah we did Peyton Brie is the sister line for tweens and teens and mainly that just came because my girls me Bailey's 13 now Peyton is and it's Peyton Brie after my second daughter who's Peyton um you got two of the 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 other four the other four are boys (laughs) and I and I speak floral way more than I do everything else when it comes to designing clothes so so yeah, unfortunately, I don't think a boy's line is in the cards, but uh, but yes, yeah, so Peyton Brie is a tween and teen line that I made specifically for them seeing the void in the marketplace where it goes from little girls clothing up to like 20 something year olds. And I'm going, yeah. wait a second, what happens to the ones in between? And so uh, we tried to, we're attempting to fill that gap in a way that's 
fashion forward, but also age appropriate. And, um, and, and it's working out really well. There's been a lot of struggles and challenges with that brand and launching that brand. Um, it's a very difficult market to enter into. Um, but, but honestly, I wouldn't change the learning opportunities that I've experienced along the way for anything. Yeah. And I think it's really smart and I have kind of a selfish, um, investment into that because I, wear size 14 little girls pants when well when I'm not (laughs) right now by by no means but I'm like I need you to come up with some bell bottoms and jumpsuits so I can (laughs) well you saw we launched the mommy and me line lately I did I did that was selfish for me because I'm like this is ridiculous the funny thing is entering into tweens and teens. And I thought when we did our first photo shoot and a couple of the girls showed up and they were like fully developed and I'm thinking, Oh snap, I don't think that this is going to work. Like I've never designed clothes for girls with a bust or a booty or anything or hips and all these things. And I'm standing on the sidelines going, it's not going to fit them. It's not going to fit them. It's not going to fit them. And they put it on. It fit perfectly. And then all of a sudden I'm, and they're, we're doing all these pictures and I'm standing off to the sideline going, huh? Interesting. I'm a half step away from women's clothing. It's not as scary as I thought. And that's where I'm like, dang, I'm doing this. I'm doing it because I'm tired of just, I'm like ever, we get asked all the time. I wish that came in my size. I wish that came in my size. And I'm like, we're, we're just ripping it off like a bandit. Let's get her done. So that's been a really fun one for me too, because now I get to expand my, I get to be purely selfish and design things that I want in my closet and then put them there. So (laughs) I love, I love that. So it's genius. And like I said, I am so here for it because <laughs> everything my girls are in from Bailey's Blossoms, I am. I'm, I have been waiting for the day that there was mommy <laughs> and me. So when I saw that, I was over the moon excited about it. That's awesome. I love it. And it makes for great content too. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's, and I know you talked about, you know, how social media has helped grow. And that's one of those things yes. people love being able to take beautiful pictures of yes. their children. They love to be able to, you know, right now everything is content, content, content and mother, mommy and me outfits are really big and trending. And so it's just such a perfect time for you to be in that space and to be such a leader in that space. And I, I would love to hear more about how social media has helped grow Bailey's Blossoms. Absolutely. So right now I want to say Bailey's Blossoms has a Facebook following of roughly 530 some odd thousand And then uh, Instagram is uh, newer for us, but somewhere around 209,000 or something like that last time I checked. Um, So anyways, growing very quickly, but the reason it's, it's, it's all about the reason it's growing. The reason it's growing is because of our fans. Now I am a huge proponent of not just gaining customers, but gaining fans. And I think that there's a massive difference. It's really easy to just look at the numbers and, um, and then unintentionally lump people into them. And I've never been a fan of that. I always want to be genuine in all the endeavors I do. I want to make sure that people are treated in a way that they truly deserve. And even in the occasion where people are unkind and they don't deserve it, we still want to make sure that we treat them the way that they that that they deserve, that everybody mm-hmm. deserves to be treated, that common courtesy, that respect. Um, so customer service is huge for us. And 
in treating people really well, we find that people want to treat you well back and they want to share your message and be a part of that story. Similarly, as you've done with your cute family, right? And it's being able to be an advocate. There's only two ways that people talk about you. If you're fantastic or if you're terrible, Mm. but if you're mediocre, nobody says anything. So there's a, there's a story. Um, I believe it was last year, the year before, Somebody, something went viral where a woman was returning a dead Christmas tree to Costco after Christmas. And she's standing in this line and she's, I mean, clearly she's already used it for the holiday. Clearly the holiday day is over. They don't even carry Christmas trees anymore. There's people in the line just totally aghast and taking video on their phones and pictures on their phones. And what does Costco do? They return the Christmas tree. They didn't need to do that. I mean, the woman was clearly out of her mind, but they treated her with common decency, respect, and and the courtesy that at the end of the day, everybody wants to be treated that way, even though 99.9% of the world will not take advantage of you. And I think so many people are so hung up on the 0.01% of the per. Well, that 0.01 person, that one out of a thousand people who's going, or even one out of a hundred people who's going to take advantage of my kindness is not worth me being unkind to the other 99. So I'm going to step out with my best foot forward, regardless of whether or not I know somebody's trying to swindle me. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to me. So I've always kept that mindset. And that mindset has always served us well in social media, especially because if somebody is trying to um, be dishonest in any way or slandering us in any way, we don't even need to step in to defend ourselves because our fans come in and do it for us. And that's been incredible. And that's the same thing with Costco. That whole thing went viral and Costco didn't have to make a statement. Everybody who loves Costco made the statement for them. Nobody hates Costco. Everybody loves the way that they're treated. And you can think of all the other stores that are like that, that have a return policy that is so open and so accepting of even the crazies that the people who aren't crazy are like, man, I will go to bat for this place because they treat me the way that I feel like I deserve and even beyond what I deserve. And so that's always been kind of our mantra. Um, but as far as getting our customers involved and, and really helping to foster that feeling of a fan in the very beginning of Bailey's blossoms, when we didn't have two cents, not two cents to rub together, I couldn't pay for paid advertising. I mean, there was nothing, I had no budget for any of that kind of stuff. And so to be able to get the engagement and to grow the following, I thought of organic ways to be able to do that. So every month on Facebook, and even to this day, we still do it every month on the first of every month, we announce a giveaway and the giveaway, people will share it. They tag their friends. Um, it gets people to engage. The other thing we do every single month is a cutie contest. So at this point, and what we do is we say, okay, you take your pictures of your kids. It can be on your iPhone. It could be professional. It doesn't really matter. It can be on your dog. Heck we get, we actually got a pig a pig entry last, last month, oh my which gosh. is hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh. But people will send in their images, which are released to us for use on, um, our social media accounts on our, in our advertising, our email marketing, our, what our website, what, wherever we want to use it. When people submit these photos, we have them to be able to use. So we get constant stream of content and then we Art. share them and we give people shout out and ability to be a part of our brand. So I've, you know, people go, Oh my gosh, I just got an email from Bailey's blossoms and my daughter was featured. And then they tag all their friends to check it out. And so it's just, we allow people, I've never paid money for a professional photographer ever. 
We don't need wow. to because our fans provide the photography to us. We get six to 700 images a month that we can use, which has that been fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, that is, that is brilliant. And I know other mama entrepreneurs who are tuning into this are just like seeing light bulbs flash in their head right now because it's, it is, it's, it's genius. And the content these, that people can create, the everyday mama can create just on their iPhone these days is great yes. content too and it's great pictures. Huge. It's huge. And it makes the biggest difference in the world because everybody looks at their baby and thinks, my gosh, I have the most beautiful baby in the world. And as a brand, as a company, for us to validate that and to say, look how freaking ridiculously adorable this kid is. And then the mom is just beaming because she already feels that way. And now the now she's got strangers telling her how stinking cute her kid is. So it's just perfect validation of the feelings of love that she already has that continue to get her through kind of the moments where that same child is having a meltdown on the floor and they're going, you're cute, you're cute, you're cute, you're uh, cute. Trying to, you know, <laughs> my life. That's oh my, my gosh. Life oh my <laughs> word. They're like, we're going to make them look so cute that you can't help but to, to love them in their worst moments. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. It's it's so true too. <laughs> and do you guys work with um, influencers or anything like that for your social media or is it strictly um, the tactics so that you just talked about? All of the tactics that we've used as a, up to this point have been unintentional. So we have gotten a fair amount of press. We've gotten a lot of great influencers who have reached out to us, but we've never um, reached out to them up until the past couple months where we thought, you know what? this works really well. Why don't we actually put this into part of our strategy? Why don't we reach out to people uh, on our own and not just wait for people to passively come to us? So that's a new and, and, and developing concept for us. Um, it's always been there, but not in a way that we've sought it out. It's always come to us. So I know we were very lucky in that regard. Yeah, that's, that is super lucky. And like I said, I've, I see your brand everywhere. So obviously you are doing it right. Thank and you. I and I want to switch gears real fast before we wrap up with the rapid fire questions because I think for me when we're talking about that beautiful balance and just everything you do and hearing your story how many times you've had to move how many times you've had to pivot how you've scaled I just need to know how you manage it all with six kids. <laughs> so that word balance, right? And this is the this is the million dollar question, the question that everybody asks me all the time. How in the world do you balance it? And I need to remove the 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 concept of balance as it stands right now. Right now, we think we look think about a weight, you know, or or a, um, one of those when those rice scales where you've got equal amounts of rice on both sides to equate to balance, but that's not realistic. It's not attainable. I can't divvy up my time perfectly into perfect little cubes for each of my kids, for each of my responsibilities each day and get everything done. I can't. So for me to feel balanced, it's less about dividing up my time appropriately and, and, and perfectly am amongst everything I have to do and more about being able to be present in everything that I do. So if I am working, I can be so much more effective if I am able to clear out the side noise and just work. 
Same thing with when I'm mothering. When I'm mothering, if I'm checking emails every five minutes or I'm totally distracted on my phone on social media, my kids aren't appreciating that time with me. And so I need to be able to say, okay, guys, here's the deal. Mommy has to record a podcast for the next hour. And so I'm going to do this. I will be done at X time. When I am, we will sit down and we will play a game. And so they know, okay, right now I need to read quietly. I need to play outside. I need to do something else. And then when mom's done, then she's mine for a little bit. And so it's cutting out and, and making those intentions clear, communicating across all channels too, to just say, here's what my schedule looks like. And as long as you give me grace to be able to do what I need to do here, then I can give you grace and do what you want to do over here. But that's what balances for me and for my family is to say, okay, wherever I am, I am in that moment 110%. Because if I'm only in there halfway, then it's going to take me 10 times the amount of time to get that, that task done. So let me just fully get in, be fully present, whether that's with my work, with my personal study, with my children, with my spouse, with my faith, whatever it happens to be. If I'm fully 100% undistracted, in that moment, then I can get it done. And at the end of the day, I feel a sense of balance and peace. I love that. And obviously, like I said, you're doing such a good job with it. And I know your kids are a little bit older now where they're are the youngest. Is, in, is he in school now? He will be. He starts kindergarten this okay. fall. Uh-huh. So this is a new chapter for me. <laughs> yeah, that's an exciting chapter, too. It is. It's like it one is. of those things like you count down for it, but oh then my you're gosh. Like not ready for it, you know. No, it's so time. bittersweet. It's so bittersweet. And so when they were when the kids were younger, did you invest in childcare or no, actually family close by? I always structured my hours around what I knew the un um Oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? The non-negotiables of their schedule were. So, for example, uh, I knew I had to feed them at this time. I knew that if I did, if I played with them here, then they would allow me some, you know, they, they could play by my feet by themselves for 20 minutes over there kind of thing. And so I would I would also block in my time um, during nap time. So I'd say, okay, I've got an hour here to really just get in. And then when they'd go down, uh, at night, or I'd get up earlier in the mornings to work in the mornings. I'd work in the evenings when they were sleeping. So I always was able to structure my efforts around their schedules. And then the older they got and the more I was able to structure within and say, hey, mommy's got to do this for 30 minutes. I'm going to set this timer. And when the timer dings, you can stop playing with your cars on the floor and you can come get me and I'll come and do a puzzle with you. And so it's just being able to give them tangible little things that says, okay, we're going to tell Alexa right now. I'm sorry for all the Alexas I just threw, you know, <laughs> I just uh, started <laughs> off in the background, but we're going to tell her to set a timer for 20 minutes or for 40 minutes or whatever it is. And when you hear that go off, then you get this reward with me as long as you allow me that time. But if you come in and then you interrupt and it's not an emergency, then we have to start that time over again. And so, yeah, the first couple days of setting up some parameters like that are always going to be clunky. And there's always going to be, you're going to wonder what in the world and why your kids are the only ones that can't actually listen, but understand that the more you're consistent with it, the more that that just starts to become the new routine and children thrive off of routine. They need to know what the schedule is. That's Mike. They need to know when, 
when the food's coming, when the play's coming, when they need to be self-contained, when you're all theirs. And through all of these things, I think the biggest thing is we don't need to feel mom guilt for teaching our kids how to be self-contained because the reality is at some point they're going to grow up and they're going to need to know how to keep themselves occupied. They are going to need to know how to play by themselves, how to be bored, how to, they, they need to learn all the, of these life skills because you aren't going to be behind them all the time, making sure their entire life is full of smiles and rainbows and cupcakes. So Amen. we need to allow them to have that disappointment, to allow them to have that, that frustration, that boredom so that they can learn to be a healthy, functioning, capable adult. Amen. And then while they're <laughs> learning that, they're seeing their mother just grow as a woman and rock this business. And, you know, it, it just teaches them so much, even more than just that. So I think yeah, that's great. I hope and so. Yeah. Yeah, I think for sure. And, I, and you know, we'll see what happens when you start your other four businesses. For your <laughs> I mean, I am just so, again, just so impressed by you and everything you do and how you manage it all. And I think it's so Thank important you. to have you on because with everything you juggle, you just do it and it's possible. And I think that's a message that so many moms need to hear. And I think the biggest thing, if I could tell anybody, whether you're in entrepreneurship or you're considering getting into entrepreneurship, is not to wait for all the chips to fall in line, for all the stars to align, for you to know all the things, because you never will. And then you never will start. It takes stepping out into the unknown, messing up, falling on your face, completely failing, laughing at yourself. And dusting yourself off and going back, you need to learn the lessons. The lessons are vital. And honestly, for all the embarrassment, for all the flubs, for all the all the big mistakes I've made, I still I would take the lesson. Wait, mm. I would take the lesson a hundred times over than saving face because mm. I needed that. And I couldn't be where I am now, nor could I speak to my kids about the process that they're someday gonna go through or that how it relates to what they're going through now without having those experiences. So it's just about starting and caring more about what you're going to learn in the process than about how you're going to look in the process. I love that. And it's so true. And I think that kind of, you know, getting into the rapid fire questions, I think you, you kind of touched on a few that are my favorite, which is one is if when you've made a mistake, or is there a mistake you made in the past that you go back and change? But I think that's really beautiful. That's like yeah. it's everything. Yeah, of course. Like we've all made mistakes and they're just beautiful stepping stones into growing into who you're meant to be and what you're supposed to be doing. Right. Absolutely. So to get into the rapid fire questions, the first one really is my most favorite. And I have taken the word influencer out of my podcast title because it's just one of those words that for some reason people are either accepted or they're completely turned off by it. But mm -hmm. I stand by the fact that influence is so much more than, you know, it's not about promoting a skinny tea or taking the perfect picture. I, you know, it's about right. being purposeful with your message and what you're contributing, contributing to the world and how you're helping other people. So I always love to know what you influence that you are most proud of. Absolutely. So first and foremost, I'd have to say my kids. 
Um, I'm proud that, that I get to hear them start little conversations about the business they want to start when they grow up, which I don't believe they would have those conversations if they didn't see all that went into being an entrepreneur and the work that my husband and I do now together. Um, so that's, that's the first and foremost. And then the other is as I have grown into this, when my husband actually did quit his job about two and a half years ago with Mercedes and simultaneously, I was asked to speak at my first women's conference. And when I did that, golly, a a fire was lit that I didn't even know was possible within myself where I thought, man, I see now all the, all the pieces are falling into place. I see what this, what the whole purpose of all this mess, all this crazy chaos really is. And that's to help lead and, and inspire and guide other people to step into what their purpose is. And so number one is my kids, but now I'm morphing into this. I I'm really loving being able to influence other women. I love being able to, to help give people the courage that they need to try the thing that's been on their heart sometimes for years that they've been afraid to try. Yes. And I am one of those people that you definitely inspire and influence in that manner. Well, thank Um, you. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's just funny to see this all come so full circle. And I love that that's just the culture now with like that now, or it's starting to be that way of just women supporting women and moms yes. supporting moms and just wanting to see each other succeed. Yes. And and like you said, it's selfish earlier in the podcast. Like when you have, when you are enlightened and you, you know, have learned all these lessons and you know you can help another person, especially another mom and another woman, like it's selfish if you keep that to yourself. It so totally I, is. Yeah. So I, I love that you are just so open with that. No, I love it. And honestly, at the end of the day for me, I'm going, you know what, there's, I'm up against new challenges and new obstacles. And no matter how much experience you have, there's always going to be new ones that you're faced with. But every time that I'm up against something new and I'm praying for guidance or asking for help or looking for a mentor who can help give me some insight from a 5,000 foot level rather than a 50 foot level, um, I would be a hypocrite to not then turn around and offer that same thing to somebody who's a few steps behind as well. So that I feel like that's our responsibility to help one another and, and to pass it on just to keep passing it on. Because at the end of the day, there's enough success to go around for all of us. And we need to have a, that mindset of the, of abundance rather than scarcity to be able to truly succeed and to be happy. It's draining, right? Like to waste any time, hoping somebody doesn't succeed or yes. I, don't, I don't know. It just, it just doesn't seem like time well spent. And I know that every second spent helping somebody else, it just makes you feel more whole as a woman and a mother in general. And just Absolutely. what you're showing your kids in in those moments too, is just a lesson that's just needs to keep going around. Absolutely. And um, how much time real quick do you spend on social media? Um, you know, I try to pe- keep it as concise as possible because it is the beautiful rabbit hole. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, so for me, I try to keep it under an hour a day. That includes posting on, I've got four different social media accounts um, for Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I'm growing that into YouTube here shortly as well. So I try to keep it as concise as possible. I try to batch work as much as possible. So And, and I try really hard to 
kind of like going to the grocery store with a list versus not knowing what the heck you're going to the grocery store for. You can get in and you can get out with so much more efficiency. Mm. And, so and true. <laughs> oh man, I'm like, I want to know exactly what aisles I'm walking into and how many of what I need rather than trying to figure it out on the fly. And then it takes me four times as long. So that's my mantra when it comes to social media is I want to be as organized as possible so that when I strike, I strike with precision and I can go do other things. That's great. That's it's a hard one to, it is to so figure hard. out, but once you so do, hard. it just, it changes the game so much. Yes. I think we've already, like I said, we've already talked, is there a mistake, I guess, that you've made? Ob- you know, we talked about, you probably wouldn't go back and change it, but just what's one mistake you've made that, you know, just- and maybe this isn't a mistake, but maybe a lesson I learned from making mistakes that I wish I would have learned sooner. One of the things that I spoke about at that first conference was about the limitations that, that we put that we accept into our lives and how the only limitations that matter are the ones that we put on ourselves. It doesn't matter what your sister-in-law thinks. It doesn't matter what your neighbor thinks. It doesn't matter what the person at your church group thinks. The limitations that matter are the only ones that you accept as truth into your own life. And to, to build off of that, the only opinions that matter of you are the ones you have of yourself as well. If you're constantly looking for someone else to validate your next decision, you won't move. And you will, you will become a slave to other people's interpretations of what, who you are, what you're trying to, to do and why you're trying to do it. And so my thing is, man, I wish I had known that sooner being a people pleaser. I wish that I had put as much effort to please my own self and my own and, and put contentment within my own heart rather than trying to force it into the hearts of everyone else. That's powerful. And the heart it's a hard lesson right it's, it's so hard oh god it's so hard but that's something that i've learned through the hardest lessons of entrepreneurship the biggest failures i've had is that regardless of of what the story really is there's always going to be people that try to misinterpret the story and try mm-hmm. to make it seem like something it's not and at the end of the day i have to say you know what i can use all my time my energy my effort my resources into trying to convince them that they're wrong and trying to persuade them that my motives were something else completely and that they missed the mark, or I can keep trudging and hope that the people that matter most will see me for who I truly am. And those are the people, those are the people that matter, not the ones that are going to try to beat you every time you're down. Mm-hmm. I know. And it's, you, you know, we try. So I just love that you say that because it is true, like showing up for the people who are like you talked about earlier, you, ha- you have your fans, yes. like there, mm-hmm. there's people who just adore you and what you do and what you make and what you bring to the table. And I think that's when people grow is when they're pouring in to yes. them and, yes. and spending less of that time. Don't spin your wheels uh, on the one yeah. focus on the 90 and nine who are in your corner. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And focus yes. on yourself. Even if you, if you're just starting out and you're like, well, no one's in my corner, you're in your corner. And, and you need to follow your heart and your intuition and your, your vision and let that validation, that dream, that creative desire be enough to propel you forward and not need other people to validate you along the way. Erin, you don't know how much I needed to hear that in this moment. So much of your story <laughs> I needed to hear today. And I just am going to walk away from this interview just feeling totally inspired and 
Good. Just I hope capable, so. Capable. I, Good, because you I, are that and and beyond. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, I've loved chatting with you today, and you too. I, thank you. I cannot wait to share this with listeners because I know they will feel equally as inspired as I am. And why don't you tell listeners real fast where they can find you? Absolutely. So Bailey's Blossoms is baileysblossoms.com and at Bailey's Blossoms on Facebook and Instagram. And then I've also started a coaching and mentorship community, which is under my personal name, which is Erin E. Hooley. So that's E-R-I-N-E-H-O-O-L-E-Y. And you can find that at erinehooley.com or at erinehooley on Facebook and Instagram. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on today, Erin. I know you're a busy woman and taking an hour out of your day to chat with me just means the world. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Erin. And I look forward to coming and chatting on um, podcast here in the next couple weeks. I'm excited to have you as well. And why don't you, real real quick before I go, why don't you tell listeners a little bit about Conquering Chaos as well? Absolutely. Yeah. So Conquering Chaos is my podcast, which I launched here in the past couple months um, after getting so many people just asking questions and I'm hearing the same questions over and over. So I'm going, you know what, I'm going to, I want to pour all of this into one place. It's where I tell my story. I give advice. I have guests on that, that speak truth into, uh, into what it looks like to balance work and family into um, entrepreneurship and all of the ups and downs and hurdles that we that we experience through that process so it's it's kind of my my tell-all place to to really just pour into into this entrepreneurship and mompreneurship community I love it so if you are listening to this podcast then you are definitely also going to want to tune over to conquering chaos because it's so aligned and these are the messages that we all need to hear right now because we've got this (laughs) We have got yes, this, Mamas. So much so. All right. Well, thank you so much, Erin. Thank have you. Have a good day. You too. Bye bye. Bye.